0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Des Bishop Podcast. Number three on the way. I am back in Dublin, back in my house in Rialto, getting ready for the Vodafone Comedy Festival, which is why I will be putting my third podcast, third episode up in a week, because I want people to get to know some of the comics that are heading to the festival. Uh, great to be back. Great to be on my own couch. And looking forward to the weekend. Heading over to Edinburgh next week. Taking Grey Matters to Edinburgh. before. Uh, but before I do that, I'm heading to Cork on Sunday. Uh, chat coming up here with Sashir Zameda. Current cast member of Saturday Night Live. A very interesting lady. Really enjoyed chatting to her. I had never met her before. So uh, not only interesting chatting to her, but interesting getting to know her. Um, not much else to say other than the world has me depressed priests being beheaded it seems like every day i pick up this mic i say to myself what will we will we talk about current affairs and then i just don't want to get into it because it's so depressing and infuriating and the world becomes more and more divided you know like you know i remember before people used to say oh the comment section is just the comment section of youtube and various websites it's just anonymous people, you know, sounding off sort of like exaggerated opinions. But I feel like the world is just becoming a comments page. Angry people going too far. Uh, and it's very difficult to watch. Um, I'm sure there are some people that will just say it's Islam and all that. And, I, you know... I understand if people want to go down that road, but, you know, I don't think it's a solution because, uh, you know, a bunch of assholes, for whatever reason, you know, think this is the way to go. I don't think you should then say that Islam is the problem, you know, and I think if Irish people were the problem in the 70s and 80s... uh. If, sorry, if people said Irish people were the problem in the 70s and 80s in the UK, you would completely disagree. You would say it's a small amount of Irish people involved in a campaign. Uh, so I don't know why you would think that about Islam in general. But then I just, I just don't want to have an opinion on anything anymore. That's actually what I feel. I don't want to have an opinion on anything anymore because... It's just too much aggro In the world You know And then For the people that are directly affected It's just too much suffering And I can't comprehend it So what's the point Of arguing And trying to figure out solutions If What I say is meaningless What I can do Is I'm powerless And I can't have empathy Because I've been lucky enough Not to have been affected directly by it You know And everybody's got an opinion, everybody's getting wound up, and, uh, you know, I think world peace is gone, forget about world peace, there never has been anyway, it's an illusion, but world peace is gone, so the best you can hope for is some sort of personal peace and luck, That's that's what I'm starting to consider to be life, all you can hope for is personal peace and luck, you know, and uh, if you want to, if you want to get online and make your comments and argue and pick a position and then stick to it like, like a like a sports team, then go ahead. But it's just a it's just a life of aggro, you know. And I got a bad temper as it is. I got to back off that shit. Anyway, it's just what I've been thinking today. You know, man. I I think more and more about the internet. I just don't know. I don't know if the internet escalating everything. I talked about it with Sashir, I was thinking about it more since, you know, because, you know, people, before to be, you know, to be informed, you had to inform yourself about everything, you know, you had to, you had to be an informed person, whereas now, you can just inform yourself about what you need to know on demand. So, if you're wound up online, right, and somebody's arguing about a thing, then you just Google that, get your information, and then you whip back those facts at that person. Like, And so you're informed. You're like selectively informed. That's what the internet seems to do more than anything. It allows people to be selectively informed, which empowers them to feel like they're right, right. But being selectively informed is not being right. It's winning an argument. And winning an argument does not mean you're right. It just means you've won the argument. Yeah, And it's not I I personally don't think It's that beneficial To society Everyone's out there Trying to win an argument Yeah When in actual fact It always comes down To compromise And understanding But that doesn't play well On the internet chat rooms The comments pages Yeah That's what freaks me out About the internet Because knowledge is power Right That's what they say Knowledge is power And we've just empowered A load of assholes that's what the internet did. It allowed a bunch of assholes to empower themselves with the knowledge that they think they need. Yeah? So not enough people being challenged by alternative opinions. Ah. Uh, I look, I look back with nostalgia at a time where information was curated. <laughs> uh, yeah, I yeah, ignorance is bliss. I look, I, I prefer a time when we were only being let know what we needed to know. Now we all know too much and we're fucking miserable. Anyway, I'm, I'm half kidding. but Anyway, I got a great chat with Sashirs the Maida coming up. I hope you enjoy it. And uh, she's a cool lady. Uh, and she's coming over here. She's doing a show with me at the Comedy Festival on Saturday. 4.30, early show, Saturday afternoon. I mean, book and see any of our shows, but obviously, you know, that would be a good one to go see if you're fans of mine. Uh, and you want to see somebody you might not have seen before. So, without further ado, please welcome Sashir Zameda. Sashir Zameda, how are you?
1: Good, how are you?
0: Oh, I'm great. I'm very excited to, uh, to meet you. Yeah. This is straight up, you're the first person I've interviewed that I literally just met. Yeah. Just a minute I've ago. I've never met you before. <laughs> yes, and you're the second person to come up to my crappy apartment to do this. Uh, it's not that this.
1: crappy, it's just very bare.
0: It's very bare. I mean, like, it's literally a sublet. Yeah, yeah. That I got off the internet. It looks and like it's, a front um, for something. You'll notice that there's a slight <laughs> the slope. Slight uh, slope in the in the left hand corner. Yeah, thankfully but you don't live here. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm. I'm. This is. Uh, well, you're you're going to the festival in Dublin. Mm-hmm. I give this apartment back on Monday. I'm heading back on Monday myself. So, uh, that was the motivation for chatting to you. Are you excited for going to Dublin?
1: I am. I'm very excited. I've never been before. I've oh,
0: never been. No. Have you performed in Europe?
1: I haven't. No. Oh. This will be my first time. Exciting. Hopefully my, my material translates well.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I've I've encountered a lot of American comics over the last 19 years that have gone to Europe, different experiences. Yeah. Like some people are absolutely inspired by the sort of different vibe, mm-hmm. and then some people just, it really depends on your your jokes and stuff, you know?
1: Yeah. How would you say the audiences uh, react to like racial humor or some about... Gender equality or well, something like that. Well, first,
0: first of all, you're on Saturday Night Live. This so is true. So, despite the fact that uh, you know Irish people don't really get Saturday Night Live in terms of, like it's not on Irish TV, uh-huh. the brand is humongous. Yeah. And the virals, especially nowadays, the virals are there all the time. So, oh, that's good. So, yeah. So there's going to be an excitement there. Yeah. That's uh, that's interesting. But in terms of the racial humor, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's interesting because the the yeah, I, I, I wanted to talk to you about this anyway. Uh, you know, there's a lot more focus on race here. For sure, yeah. In the United States, it's huge in the comedy world. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though I'm from New York, it's ev- I've been even taken aback by how much race is sort of the, the thing that people are talking about. Yeah. Uh, in Ireland, it's not as much of a thing in that it's an immigration issue, mm-hmm. particularly around like black white. It's African immigrants, and it's a recent.
1: Like, real black, real white.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're talking to Irish Americans, then you're you're challenging. You're going to them and you're saying, hey, maybe the way that you've thought all your life... Is wrong. Is wrong. A, is wrong. Yeah. yeah. Kids I grew up with, for example, here in Queens. But if you go to Irish people and you say, what do you think about black people? They won't have thought about it that much. right? You know? And I guess they'll talk to you in the way that the arguments you probably heard about Brexit... Mm-hmm. they'll talk to you about, like, Nigerians. Like Irish, ra- uh, like, Irish racism will go like, no, 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 I have no problem with black people, it's Nigerians. <laughs> like, like, Specifically because, them, yeah. Yeah, yeah, which is funny, because I think Africans feel the same way about Nigerians. Poor Nigeria just gets the double whammy. Wow, wow, wow. But, uh, but anyway, without getting sidetracked, yeah. uh, it's a different thing. But what I do think is cool about you going there is, you know, they're going to hear stuff that they haven't heard before. yeah. Uh, and and of course they're familiar with the tropes and the stereotypes so I don't think you're going to have a problem in terms of it translating Okay. but I think it's going to be interesting to see you know h- how they take it yeah we'll see how it goes I mean it's definitely going to be great yeah I mean it's a great festival you've like you've nothing to worry about
1: oh I'm not worried I just yeah. want you know interested to see how it goes
0: <laughs> so I want to talk a little bit more about that but before we do just to say like SNL like that must have been dream come true stuff.
1: Definitely. Yeah. Because I
0: get excited just at the proximity to SNL. Like, we talked about Michael Che before I turned on the mic. Mm-hmm. And, like, I know Michael Che. And the, even though I like him anyway, I like the fact that I'm friendly with the dude that's on SNL. Yeah. Well, you know, everyone so on SNL is friendly. Excites me. <laughs> yeah. So, for you, that must have been amazing.
1: Totally. I mean, yeah, I, I have wanted this for a long time like since I was in middle school I always thought it would be cool to be on the show just didn't know how to do it yeah and then started doing improv and sketch and stand up in New York when I moved here in 2009 and didn't realize that what I was doing was on the trajectory of <laughs> what I was supposed to be doing to get to SNL and yeah it's great to be there i mean when i first met keenan <laughs> it was wild for me Kenan does not care but like just standing next to him i was like this man's been a big influence on my whole childhood <laughs> like yeah. through all that and Keenan and kel and 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 snl for years and i was just like uh i get to work with him now yeah
0: i mean particularly for him cuz that is like he's multi-generational in that he's part of your childhood with the nickelodeon thing yeah and then he's part of your adulthood with being a super funny humorous performer yeah
1: Yeah, it's wild. No,
0: not intimidated?
1: Who, me? Am I intimidated? No, were
0: you when you first started working with him? I was
1: nervous, but not intimidated because he's also so warm and and welcoming. Mm. So he, like, you know, for being someone who's been on TV and in movies for so long, he was, like, the most chill person to be around. That's a big show in Ireland for kids, too, back in the 90s. All that? Really? Yeah. Yeah.
0: More than SNL, actually. Like, Irish kids will remember that show because wow. it was just on Nickelodeon all the time. Yeah.
1: That's and cool. I mean, I loved it.
0: Yeah. 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 I mean, it was a fun, it was like a fun kid show. Yeah. So, yeah. So I was thinking, like, uh, I remember years ago, I met, God, their names escaped me. They were in Edinburgh, but they had to leave early because they were writing for SNL. And I remember thinking, like, wow, that must be pretty intense working atmosphere and the pressure to come up with sketches. Is it, Was I wrong in thinking that or is it like more relaxed or?
1: (laughs) It's definitely not relaxed. Oh, really? No. uh, Yeah. There's pressure um, because there are a lot of people there who are writing and a lot of actors who want to be on screen. So you have to kind of make sure you wiggle your way in that week.
0: Yeah. Is it it competitive? Yeah. Healthy competitive though or is it like stressful competitive?
1: Both? Both? <laughs> is it possible to be both? <laughs> I, guess, I guess
0: I guess stressful competitive is healthy for creativity.
1: Definitely, but. yeah. I mean, yeah, we're like competing. You're not breaking out in hives or anything. No, no, no. And you shouldn't. Like, I I think it depends on your personality because it can make you so stressed out that you physically are not doing well, but uh, but also I guess any job can do that. Like it just depends on how you react to the situation. It's a very weird extreme work environment like there's n- there aren't any other things that you could practice before you get there to be like oh now I get how this job works you just have to do it yeah because um, the schedule is so off and strange and the, the, the work environment is so strange and the, the way you communicate to people is just so different than other places it's just yeah, different so,
0: so like for, for say the average Irish listener that would have no idea including me by the way yeah like what's a quick synopsis of like a working week in SNL
1: we work six days a week, uh, Monday through Saturday. And Monday is when we pitch to the host. And it's just like a one liner. We, we also don't even really use the pitches. We just like say a line to get the room laughing and kind of feel the vibe. It's mostly to get the vibe of the host to see what they latch on in, to.
0: Oh, oh, so that, that's the just for the host?
1: Yeah. Yes. And who's
0: in the room? All the writers all and the all writers the performers. And all the
1: performers, yeah. And Lauren. And some of the producers. And uh, yeah, I just go one by one and say a line out loud and then, uh, you know, get a good response or a bad response. And then Tuesday, we write everything and you kind of go by your own schedule, but you're there all night. Like, I usually get in around like 2 p.m. and leave at like 4 or 5 in the morning. Really? Yeah.
0: Just banging out ideas all the time.
1: But it's not like we're sitting down consistently writing that whole time. It's a lot of like brainstorming and like bouncing ideas back and forth and like researching stuff and looking at articles and, and then writing stuff. I see
0: on the, my friend is on the daily show and I see a lot of Snapchats of dogs. Do you have as many dogs in your creative, God, <laughs> in your creative I wish, circle?
1: I wish, no, we're not even have, lo- allowed to have dogs in the building. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, it's fair enough. Yeah. I mean, I remember, uh, Seth Meyers has a tiny dog, and when he got his own show, he wanted to start bringing his dog, and he couldn't. Oh, they wouldn't let it. I think he can sneak it in every once in a while, but he. But yeah, you're not supposed to bring dogs in. It's like if he can't even bring a dog in, he like has a whole show on this network. He should be able to. Yeah, I guess it depends on the building and the people, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. So then you're all pitching and you're banging it out, and then Mm -hmm. what day do they go yay nay?
1: Wednesday night. Wednesday we read the sketches out loud and basically we're performing the sketches to see what will get picked and then the host and the producers and Lorne and the head writers will go into a different room talk about what sketches they liked and they'll pick it based on like what makes the host look the best um maybe what's the most relevant this week politically or like with current events um and then also just what may be the funniest but sometimes the funniest doesn't even get picked it just depends on what's the best show for this week yeah, have
0: you ever had like one where you were just like this is a slam dunk and they don't go for it
1: i think all my th- <laughs> <laughs> these things are slam dunks everything i write i think is a slam yeah, I dunk I know, <laughs> know, sometimes you just
0: feel like shit man i fucking you know definitely like, just yeah. that you always have those moments where you're like oh fuck, this is like it's great it's happening yeah
1: i've definitely had things go to the table where i'm like i felt good about the writing and the performance went well and then everyone liked it and then it just doesn't get picked
0: and that's a good vibe in that room
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. It's because we want to laugh. We want to make each other laugh. We want to, like, have a good show that we feel good about. So we we do try to encourage each other to to do, do the best. Like,
0: do people sort of constructively heckle or certain, like do people like throw out stuff right in the middle of the pitch session?
1: No. No. There's never that. No. Um. I think maybe afterwards if you're like oh they
0: might be like yo you know that thing you were doing you might do a tag on that or whatever. totally yeah, yeah that yeah, stuff
1: yeah. is very helpful people might come to you afterwards and be like if if they think that's a good idea add more to it or be like hey i think i already saw that idea somewhere else or i was trying to do that but do you want to work together on that etc oh, etc right. cool, et yeah. yeah so it is a very helpful environment where it's like there's so many people you can ask for help
0: yeah and then is there ever a time where like so so all the decisions made Wednesday night so Thursday then people say right rehearse make mm-hmm. this better it's yeah. all going down Is there ever a time like Friday afternoon like I know that you had to like comment on uh Larry Wilmore using the N word
1: Oh yeah, I didn't have to but I did Yeah I know but what <laughs> yeah. I mean is like
0: was that like there was time to prepare for that it wasn't like a situation where it was like oh fuck we got to change everything up this happened
1: Oh yesterday. yeah that happened I think like the Saturday before. So I had oh, a whole week. Yeah. But and is there, there ever
0: th- a time where it's like fucking Trump? There Trump's are times like, like we got to we got to do something.
1: Yeah. We there was like there were a couple times where there were sports related things that we had to literally wait until like the day of or the day before to see who won. And then we had like two options of sketches where it's like, well, if this team won, we'll do this. And if this team won, we'll do this. And. Or, like, debates. I think there was a debate on a Saturday, and we had to watch it. No, I mean, I didn't, but, like, the people who were writing that sketch had to write to watch it. and you oh, know, do that night. That night, yeah. I think they had the framework of the sketch, but, the, like, particular jokes, they had to, like, just see what's funny right now, and then, like, put it in there and do it quickly. Which is very exciting, because it's, like, we get to be the first people to talk about it. In a way, it's kind of
0: almost easier, sort of, right? Because if you're the first people going out, you literally just have to kind of do the you remember this yeah. kind of thing it's yeah. be- before Twitter has sort of done it to death 24 hours exactly, later exactly
1: before people like meme it to death
0: <laughs> yeah Well, that was nice you had a nice tweet about uh, Trump's wife oh yeah yeah <laughs> so you do Michelle Obama on the show yeah I do yeah yeah
1: Yeah, and so does Melania apparently <laughs> yeah yeah that was nice I like
0: that that was good so so you're from Indianapolis right? I am
1: yeah Indianapolis Indiana
0: yeah which is great It's like you know the middle of America even though I'm from New York and my mother still lives here mm-hmm uh, the middle of America, I, I'm clueless about it.
1: Yeah, I am a little too, actually, but yeah, I am from Indiana, and my mom and my aunts are still there. I don't I think all my cousins left, but yeah, I, I don't go back as often, but yeah, as I've been going back as an adult, there's like cooler things there. like when I was lived there, I just went to Walmart and ate yeah. pizza. like there was like nothing to do, but you know they're getting like cool artsy areas in there and trying to like keep people there and i yeah. think it's really good for the community
0: Funny, i feel the same about queens i'm from flushing yeah and i'd be much more inclined to go back there now than 15 years ago yeah. because of the asian influence and it's just like a more interesting place yeah but you could be lucky i guess you could be from somewhere else and it could be getting worse
1: to- yeah exactly this is getting better
0: yeah i listened to the was it this american life that you did with your mom i did yeah yeah that was cool for like tons of reasons
1: thanks for listening
0: well, I mean, I had to do some research, but uh, no. But I, I liked it on two levels. I mean, I liked it because I thought your mother's story was pretty fascinating. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I don't, you know, it's it's tough if nobody else has listened to it, but you know, just your mom's like literally direct involvement in what we see as like a like a turning point in the history of civil rights. Yeah, yeah. And your mother's like smack bang in the middle of that.
1: Yeah, it was nuts. I like. I, my mom and I. Are, are Kind of just now getting a really good relationship. We've always kind of had like a distant, tumultuous relationship for many reasons. And it really wasn't until like the last couple of years when I was like, whoa, my mom probably went through some shit. Yeah. So your mom was now, like
0: literally one of the first black students to go to a desegregated school. Is that yeah.
1: right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Just for people that didn't know. And I, it, was, it was interesting to listen to her talk about it because, I mean, you talked about it in the, in the, in the, the the podcast or the this American life about uh you're kind of proud of her like I could I I feel like you're like proud of her you're part of this thing and your mother's like I would much rather not been that person
1: yeah it was so yeah I'm definitely proud of her and it was so interesting to hear her say like I would have never wanted to do that I would have rather chosen to opt out of that like and it makes sense because she was a kid like no kid wants to be responsible for the racial relations of America. Like, she doesn't want that burden on her shoulders. She just wants to go to school where her all, all her friends are, and all her friends were black, and she's getting forced into this situation that she never asked for. and I, And I never thought of it from that. Perspective, Like when you think of people who like participate in the civil rights, you're like, oh, yeah, they're like freedom fighters, like people who really want to do this. And they're like determined and they want to make change. And then you don't think about the people who are like begrudgingly <laughs> a part of this, who are like, do we have to? I mean, like, I don't really want to put myself in danger. <laughs> Other people should do it. But like, I don't really want to be part of this.
0: But she didn't seem to want any credit either, though. No. Like, I, like I've, I was listening to you and you, you seem to be sort of saying, yeah, but you you paved the way. I mean, obviously she paved the way for you to yeah. relationship or not. She had you right. Yeah. But on the flip side, it's like, she's part of that major path for yep. African Americans. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't, she doesn't even want the credit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. She like, just wants it
0: to <laughs> not have happened.
1: Basically. Yeah. She tried to like bury it deep. Cause we never really talked about it before, before the podcast. I like asked her a little bit of questions and then, and then was like, we should record this. <laughs> and then we started yeah. doing that. But she wouldn't bring this up freely. I had to, like, get it out of her.
0: Yeah, but I like the rawness of that. I mean, I have nothing to compare it to other than I also had a tumultuous relationship with my mother. And she had bad alcoholic parents, you know. And I mean, it's not directly comparable, but there's no way you could compare. Except that it's like a trauma. Yes. Yeah? Yeah. And uh, how, you know, well, one, how people deal with that trauma themselves. And then perhaps probably more to do with her own relationship with her mother, mm-hmm. how that trauma gets passed on to you.
1: Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's like some sort of combination of, uh, regardless of it's like her experience in that school or, or experience in Arkansas, like the idea of not addressing something or like, or like just, just shooing it away. Cause you don't feel comfortable like kept going like her mom didn't really want to talk about that like these very prevalent issues that were happening and then my mom didn't really want to talk about them with me and and i'm just like very open so i'm like let's talk (laughs) what
0: i like is you got a resentment like i'm hearing like there's a resentment against your mother like Mm -hmm. but you're being honest with her about it which is like to me is very 1990s to the present day kind of behavior which i I think is healthy right yeah and uh your mom is like dismissing you as as like a that's what teenagers feel
1: yes and i'm like no this is a particular thing between our relationship this is not just like a oh kids it's like no i'm these are real emotions that i feel and i they're valid but i feel like that was that and some other things after that podcast were very uh helpful to our relationship now we're so open with each other and and my mom is like more willing to talk about things or like hear my opinion on things or ask me questions about things and yeah I, I think it really helped us to be like to break down some walls like that
0: yeah because i i like the fact that like because i've done that with my own mother where i'd be like yo this is what i'd be feeling you know like say for example i went to ireland when i was 14 to boarding school on my own because i got kicked out of school but really i was being bullied but yeah it wasn't like a word at the time uh so I, fell, I flunked out of school, went to Ireland. Like, life-changing experience, like, not really a negative experience. But then on the flip side, it's like, yo, at my time of need, like, I was kind of looking after myself, right? Mm-hmm. So I bring that to my mother, like, you brought your stuff to your mom about, you know, the way that she was with you. And my mother has a very similar reaction to your mother, which is, well, not so much that's a teenager thing, but when, when, what I liked about what you said to your mom was like, well, what about, you, what do you feel about what your mom did to you? Cause she's dismissing you as a teenager and you're saying, yeah, but I have a right to feel what I felt. Yeah. And then you're like, well, what did you feel about how your mother was with you? And then she kind of feels like she doesn't have a right to have, you know, to, to have brought that to her own mother or just, she doesn't have a right to feel wrong.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think it's like definitely the time period where you want to like, I feel like maybe as a, as a culture, we're getting more open as people also like, I've been to therapy and was more attuned with myself and my feelings and also like identifying that in other people. So I was like, let's talk about this. And she's like, no, let's just pray. <laughs> we'll be fine. Your mom's religious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I actually went to church, uh, last weekend when I went to visit her. And I mean, I always try to schedule my trips uh, not on Sunday so I can avoid it. But I did go to church and she, there was like, a. A part in there where they like were trying to get people to come down for devotion they're like if you feel like your relationship with god has been waning or if you don't have a home church come on down and then they were literally like look to your neighbor on your left and your right and ask them do you believe in god and do you have a home church and if either of those answers is no then lead them down to the altar and my mom looked at me and she goes you know that woman up there, that's her daughter. And she like, she started like gossiping about someone in the choir. And I was like, that's such a cool move because I don't want to answer these questions right now. And she knows the answer. But yeah. I was like, that was so nice for her to deflect for me and be like, let's, I'm not going to grill you like this. I know yeah. you'll come back to God whenever you want to, but I just let's just talk about something else. And I was like, thank you.
0: <laughs> you got out of a jam. I did, yeah. Now, do you ever fear that, like, say you have kids someday, mm-hmm. uh, that you'll be dealing with your teenage daughter or son oh and they'll be like giving you shit and you'll be like you're just a fucking teenager and then boom it'll hit you like god damn it she was right
1: (laughs) i mean yeah it probably will happen i mean parents always mess up somehow Mm. not on purpose you know you can be the most like well-meaning like prepared person and you like try to do all the great things that like put them in activities and put them in the right school and put them in the right community and still mess up somehow
0: you can't win it's like you made me play pia- piano too much exactly. or you never gave me the opportunity to play piano like you just I can't know. really win yeah my mom made me play the violin science.
1: and i hate it and I, I was like so resentful for that and it's was like it's just the violin and now i wish i knew how to play the violin i like i hated it so much that i just stopped practicing yeah and i oh,
0: i'm the same i yeah. had a lot of opportunities to play instruments and i never stayed at it and mm-hmm. i totally regret it now
1: yeah, it's just going to happen. I yeah. can't, I mean, I guess there are some, I have some friends who are like. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkled down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door.
0: For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me.
1: Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Like In love with their parents, and I cannot understand that. They're just like, my parents are like, my best friends. And I'm like, (laughs) no, I don't understand that.
0: I don't understand that either. But, you know, I guess it's just different. Yeah. Like different strokes for different folks. I mean, I don't, again, I don't think there's a comparison between the Irish American upbringing and what your mom went through. But I just think that one maybe similarity is that it was just a fucking harsher life. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes when, like, a 90s kid or, like, you know, you go to therapy and you come back sometimes to your parents, they just want to be like, you had like eight times a better life than I had. What the fuck are you
1: talking exactly. about? Exactly. What are you and complaining I, I can, about? I can yeah. see that.
0: Totally. I can understand. It's like my mother's parents were like, you know, drunk. my mother had to do horrible stuff to get her mother out of bars and all that stuff. So when I come to her with the like, you know, this, that, and the other, the, how your anxiety disorder affected our upbringing, she'd be like, well, listen, you have no idea, kid, <laughs> right. what it's like to grow up with anxiety.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: Yeah. The grass is always greener.
1: I, uh, I worked at Disney World. This is a little separate. I, uh, I worked at Disney World and I was a character performer. So I play like Pluto and Eeyore and uh, I was in the Buzz Lightyear costume, but it was a little too big for me. It was like from the five, seven to five, nine height range and I'm five, six and a half. So they're like, you're fine. And I was like, I think I'm a little too small for this. Uh, and so like, the suit was heavy and the gloves didn't fit me. They're like hanging off my hands and the face was like too close to my face. And I got in an argument with the manager before I went out onto the stage. And I was just crying in the suit. And and one of the character attendants, that's like their, our eyes and ears, uh, was like, how are you doing, Buzz? Like, good or bad? And put thumbs up or thumbs down. And I put a thumbs down because we can't speak. But I was just like, get me off the, off the stage. And uh, he's like, okay, we'll get you out. And then we're trying to, like, lead me out the door, but Woody's, like, hamming it up with some kid <laughs> over here in front of the door, so we have to wait, and then I, I like, start breathing really heavy, and then, like, my chest, my chest stops moving, and I'm just like, <gasps> and I'm, like, hyperventilating, you can hear it outside the suit, and then they pick me up, and I take me backstage, take the suit off, and, and they're like, we think you had a panic attack, and I'm like, I guess, I don't know, I've never had one before, and then the uh, this guy who's driving a car comes to pick me up and take me to the medic, and he's like, there's a lot of... um older people who work at disney who've been through war like like there's just the i've talked to a lot of people who were like i just want to go someplace where it's like happy yeah all <laughs> where right people okay. are smiling all the time and this guy who was driving me was like what happened to you and i was like oh i had a panic attack and he goes you don't know panic <laughs>
0: Cause you've been to Vietnam, probably right.
1: Probably, yeah. And I was like, you know what? I don't. You're right. <laughs> I so don't. Like, I was in a bus. <laughs> like, yeah, I was like in a costume and at, at Disney World. No, you're right. This was not a panic situation.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, how do you feel about the fact that you can't find an article about you joining SNL, which doesn't suggest that somehow you're a character on SNL because of a race controversy?
1: Uh, I mean. Do you get asked that a lot? Yeah. Oh yeah. But that's because that's, that's all people know.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it annoyed me because I was like, come on. Yeah. Give the girl some credit.
1: Yeah. It's I mean, it's very stupid. It's just like that's just how it is. No one knew me. I before. literally couldn't
0: find one article that was like, congratulations. to says sh- 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 she is the mater who got on the show because yeah. she's a funny person.
1: Yeah. Like I remember people were just saying also because they don't know me. They don't know my personality. They don't know what I've done before the show. So they feel free to say whatever they want. And people want clicks. It's all clickbait. And they're like, well, this is a hot topic right now. So let's just keep talking about this. And yeah, I remember like Don Lemon said something like I hope she's gotta be way funnier than she is black and it's like who the fuck are you Way funnier than you are black yeah and it's like how do you compare that i don't there's no metric system for that i have no idea you better be seriously
0: black (laughs) (laughs) because then you'll be really funny (laughs) how black are you to be that funny
1: (laughs) um i mean it's definitely died down i think i Mm. i i feel like people are forgetting or I don't know. Who knows? I don't really give a yeah, shit. Yeah. I try not to look at any of that stuff yeah, anyway. I
0: mean, it, yeah, it's just it's just kind of odd. It is odd. Because you don't see, like, a uh, white guy on SNL because they needed another white guy.
1: Totally. <laughs> they never say that stuff. Or even stuff where it's, like, comparing me and Leslie. And they're like, oh, Leslie would have done that better. Or, like, I like Sashir better. It's like, we're two completely different comedians. Like, I and I love her. Like, there's no competition. We're just two black women who are on the same show, but no one's ever like, Oh, I love Bobby more than Taryn or like, you know, why, why are these comparisons not being made? But people are like, it's just so weird.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's an odd thing with one women Mm -hmm. in general where it's like, Oh, there's another woman on the bill. How do you feel about that?
1: Yeah. But it's seven guys. Yeah, exactly. It's like, uh, there's room. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And, uh, you know and then i guess i think probably some black comics have that it's like yeah we need to have one black comic i i mean i guess this, so then it's like listen there's two black comics is that gonna be okay i guess yeah you know you're getting the double whammy there
1: yeah definitely it's yeah. uh yeah it's weird and that's how the whole industry is not just comedy but like you know casting for like tvs and movies like those are real thoughts that people have where they're like do we have uh too many minorities Or, like, too many women. Like, we might just want to, like, stick with the number that we have.
0: Yeah. Like, like we've reached the limit. Yeah. I mean, I see you do some stuff for the ACLU. Yeah. And, uh, you know, try to highlight awareness around that. Yeah. So, on the flip side, Mm -hmm. it's a pretty important time to be talking about race in America. It's also a pretty important time to be talking about women's rights. Uh, Yeah. You have a sexist pig running for the president of the United States. For sure. Uh, So, (laughs) you know, for every annoying thing there is for being pigeonholed into these small things, it's a pretty good time to be somebody of authority talking about those issues.
1: It really is, yeah. I feel...
0: And and I I don't mean it like it's an opportunity. Well, actually, what I was going to ask is, is it an opportunity, in a a positive way, is it an opportunity or is it a burden?
1: Mm, I don't feel like it's a burden. Maybe some people do, but I... I feel like I feel thankful that I have an outlet to talk about these things because I want to. And if I wasn't on a TV show, I don't know if people would listen. So it is nice to be able to have an outlet and specifically this outlet where we're, we, we need to talk about political things or like people expect us to talk about these issues. So I'm like thankful that I get to have that space and, and where people like want to hear it fleshed out and want to hear it joked about and want to hear it like critiqued, and 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 get to do it on a weekly basis.
0: Yeah, I mean in Ireland they're really aware of Black Lives Matter, for example. They are just if you're thinking about things that you want to focus on. Yeah, like, that's like great. A lot. I see a lot of people sharing stuff on Facebook. That's great. Yeah, so no fear of talking about that. Over. Yeah,
1: there. I mean they. Sh- I mean everyone should be. These are like human rights issues and not specific to. I mean, it's specific to America and, you know, black people, but also like these are human rights that are being violated. So everyone yeah. should be concerned about it. And do you feel like
0: like Donald Trump's an interesting thing? Because, I mean, I, I, you know, I'm from Queens and I'm not I'm not dissing on the kids I grew up with. They're all great guys. But he has definitely given a little bit of a and Brexit in the UK was kind of similar. Mm-hmm. He's given a little bit of an opening for people to just be a little bit more open about their their prejudices.
1: Yeah, it's so scary. It's so scary. It's, it's so weird because it feels like we're going back in time, but not really because it's like, well, these people obviously felt this way before, but like yeah. now masks are coming out. Now people are like being real, and they're like, oh, if so-and-so can say something, then I can say whatever I want, and that's yeah. so frightening and sad. But, I mean, I guess I'd rather know than not. I'd rather know where the racists are than not know <laughs> where they are. I'd rather know like who feels like women are not actually equal to <laughs> men or shouldn't be treated equally than not.
0: Um, I mean, they're out there and they're vocal there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I see, you know, I've, I, I, like, like don't get me wrong. Like sometimes, uh, feminist arguments rub me up the wrong way too. But like, mm-hmm. I, I see this vitriol out there. Like sometimes I get angry and I want to argue about it, but I see this, this, this anger out there that just shows up online and it's uh i i don't know where it's coming from like it's like a primal thing or something like like people yeah. are threatened or I, you know i don't know but it, it's 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 i guess the internet ramps everything up but
1: oh for sure the internet's always like you know this group of people were outraged by this thing and they'll show five tweets five tweets is not everybody like that's yeah. not it's like they they purposely picked the the ones that have buzzwords or the ones that seem the most controversial and then they're like everyone's upset and it's like did you really ask everyone i think i mean there's a small percentage of the internet that's, that said something but like even of the people who say anything on the internet like most of it's gonna be negative no one's ever gonna be like you know what i have a positive thing to say let me jump on the internet yeah. and start talking about it like that's very rare but
0: other than the I don't know why everyone's so angry. You know, like there's always like that one oh, person the think that could- piece. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> I, I have a feeling I know what the root of this is. Yeah. It's just like, I, I, those things are so outrageous, but like it you have to do it. It's clickbait. I was talking, I talked to some writer who's like works for a lot of different blogs and she was upset. Cause she's just like, I'm so tired of this fake outrage that I have to like, bring attention to these things i do not care about i don't care about justin bieber's penis i don't care about like what the kardashians are doing i don't care about like i don't care about trump but we had to we have to keep talking about this because if we don't someone else will and they'll get more clicks yeah. and yada 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 and that you just have to have fake outrage because yeah. everyone else is outraged but i feel like people are outraged because they read about the outrage and it's like a vicious cycle yeah. that keeps going
0: yeah yeah And it is like an outrage industry now. Yeah. Whoever is
1: loudest wins. Whoever screams the loudest wins. And that's, I wish, I I don't know how to go about it, but I I feel like if we stop consuming it, people will stop doing it. If we stop reading this shit, then people will stop writing it. But we keep reading it.
0: Yeah. And people are are hyped up now. Yeah. I mean, you can see it. I mean, I really think, I, I don't hear that many people talking about it, but I really think that. Just the internet, like, it seems like naive to say it, but like, I feel like the internet has a lot to do with why everything just seems a little less stable than it was 15 years ago.
1: Yeah, I can't, I don't think everything is escalating. Yeah, there's emotions and like, yeah, everything's also very important right now too. Like, as soon as you see something hashtag trending, you're like, oh, this is a big thing right now. I mean, it is for the, this 10 minutes, but yeah. but then it will pass and something else will be big.
0: But, you know, so, so say like Black Lives Matter and policing, those things really matter. So yeah. for you, it's a nice challenge to try to be funny. Because like, it's, I don't know how it happened, but people look to comedians now as like the voice of reason in yeah. modern times. So it must, be, it must be fun to try to be the voice of reason in a funny way about these things.
1: It is, yeah, because I want to talk about it anyway. And I want to learn how to talk about it in a way that will make people listen and and want to listen and also hopefully come away wanting to do something um i've had like a lot of people like come up to me after shows and say like oh you do a really good job of of talking about race but not really like i talk about race but in a way that that's not like finger wagging or like making people feel bad ideally maybe i'm sure i make some people feel bad but also like i don't care about those people (laughs) that's not my priority if they're gonna feel bad they're gonna feel bad but I hope that people come away at least maybe thinking uh, a thing that they didn't think before, or like thinking about a different perspective on a situation and hopefully like wanting to put that in action. Like that's the whole reason I want to, wanted to perform in the first place. Like I, I started doing plays and stuff in college and, and there was one in particular uh, for color girls that have considered suicide when the rainbow is enough. Tyler Perry made a movie of it. It's, <laughs> it's a really good play. And, uh, and afterwards people would come up to us, uh, come up to the actors and like, like be crying or like, we just feel so emotional. And it was, these stories were particularly black women stories and all the actors were black women. And, but all types of people were coming up to us being like, this was a human experience. Like this touched me in such a way that I felt affected. And, and I was like, I want to do that forever. I want to always, Make people leave feeling something, even whether it's like sadness, anger, mm. like happiness, something. I want to, I want you to feel something and feel motivated in some way. Whether I mean it could even be like, oh, I need to talk to my mom more, or like you know, whatever. I need to go to therapy. <laughs> something. I want you to leave feeling yeah. something.
0: Yeah, well, that that's a good that's a good motivation. Yeah. I mean, I think it's always good if you can be entertaining, but also help people to understand what it's like to be in a situation. Yeah. I mean, I can't really tell people what it's like to be discriminated against really, you know, but you, you could, you know, would you think that your audience is pretty mixed? I think I so, see, yeah. I see you mention, and I watch a few of your bits, uh-huh. and you always mention, like, you people wouldn't be thinking that.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, most of the places I go, there's a lot of white people. White people, yeah. Also, a lot So you of,
0: always give them a pass. Like, I'm not saying you guys are racist, but...
1: Yeah, that's just to make them feel comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure someone's racist in the uh, audience, but <laughs> I just want them to feel comfortable and laugh at my jokes. Uh, but it, even uh, after I got hired on SNL, I feel like the <laughs> the demographic of white people has increased for at my show because I mean my I don't know too many black people actually watch SNL I think they do I think more are watching too because there's more of us on the show and more people that look like black people that they can relate to but uh yeah my family didn't watch SNL before I was on it Mm. um there aren't too many people that I'm friends with that were like oh yeah I regularly watch it so so when people see, like, oh, someone from SNL is coming to town, mostly it's older white people who are coming to my shows, which is totally fine. I'll, I like, I will talk to whoever. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting because then also I don't think they're expecting me to talk about the things I talk about. I think they're expecting, like, impressions or cutesy uh, stuff yeah. or whatever. And I'm like... Rihanna stuff. Exactly. Someone literally after a show was like, oh, I thought you were going to do, like, Michelle Obama or Beyonce. And I was like nah I'm doing stand-up at a stand-up club so (laughs) So here's here's my stand-up
0: yeah so like uh what was I gonna say oh yeah so you know there's still a lot of the humor that relies on stereotypes to a degree like uh like there's still tropes about black people and stuff that help the material to work the same way there is about Irish people or whatever Mm -hmm. like you always feel like you're. You, you always feel like you're 100% comfortable with that, or sometimes you wonder, "Shit, is this actually a negative stereotype that we're playing with?" Like, you say, the- I just say, say, Black Jeopardy.
1: Oh, sure, sure, sure. Okay. Great,
0: I loved it. Yeah, I, I'm not being critical of it, but I'm just cu- I'm curious to know, like, do you sometimes go, you know, is this joke on black people or are black people in on this joke? Mm-hmm. Like, are you?
1: Well, I don't think I've ever done anything that I. I didn't feel comfortable with. Mm. Oh, I mean, I know I haven't. Like if like I like Black Jeopardy a lot and I think it's funny. Yeah, I thought it was funny. And and yes, they are stereotypes. And then we'll have people complain and be like, that's not what all black people do. And we like, we know that's not what all black people do. No I don't think anyone on the show really does any of the stuff that we're talking about. But it's it we do realize that like stereotypes are funny sometimes. Yeah and also the people were the audience we're playing to sometimes understands the common denominator and not that we're we have to like dumb it down but like there's like that's what snl is there are sketches where it's like we take this person or this type of person and then just like blow it up like the californians is just like you know a stereotype of mm. californians that's not how everyone in california is of course but that's the joke um so, yeah, I don't know that I've I, there's never been a time where I've been like, this is outrageous. And I thankfully feel comfortable enough in that environment where I can speak up and be like, hey, this may be yeah, borderline borderline bad. Um, I
0: mean, I also think like, say, Black Jeopardy, Black Jeopardy sketch would probably be super popular in the black community. This is an assumption of mine. because yeah. I think the stuff is pretty bang on. Mm-hmm. I mean, almost sometimes it's like one or two of them. I was like, fuck, I'm literally not getting this. Yeah. Because I'm not black enough, you know, like, like, I don't understand black culture enough (laughs) that I'm like not getting, there was one of them. I was like, fuck. I mean, I got a couple of the answers, Mm -hmm. but, uh, I mean, people have to watch it that are listening. It's on, it's online, but, uh, but there was one or two. I was like, wow, maybe I'm just not young enough, but I just didn't get the reference.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the benefit of having more diversity on the show. We can bring these ideas that only we would know (laughs) to the show. Um, yeah, like I feel like if that sh- sh- if that sketch was on the Chappelle Show or something, would have everyone would be like, yeah, well yes. I was thinking about <laughs> the
0: Chappelle po- Ch- Chappelle Show right now when we were chatting." Yeah, because that that takes that to the ump's degree. Like that pushes that all the time.
1: Definitely, yeah, it's yeah. very much in that voice of like, you know, heightening the stereotypes or like yeah. blowing out whatever differences race race different races have.
0: And do you then find that sometimes the people that get most uncomfortable are white people?
1: Always. Yeah. <laughs> Always. I, I mean,
0: again, not a, a straight comparison, but I spent two years in China learning Chinese to do stand-up in Chinese. Okay. And then when I came back here and I was doing material in English about my experience, sometimes the NPR crowd would try to suggest that I was being culturally unsensitive. Yeah. Whereas the Chinese people were just fucking loving it because, you know, you're talking about observations about their culture. Mm-hmm. And I noticed it with the bowling ball emoji. On, uh, oh yeah, you did the emoji thing yeah, on SNL, an Yeah, and uh, I immediately thought the bowling ball was funny. I could see why it was funny straight away, but I felt like the crowd was hesitant. Like, of course, the bowling ball was like inappropriate.
1: Yeah, yeah, that happens. Um, I don't know who the crowd is. I, I, they come from all over. It's a lot of like, sometimes it's a lot of Western people. Sometimes a lot of older people. Sometimes if it's like a like a cool hip host, it's a lot of young people. So you never know when things are going to hit. Also, like the the audience from dress to air is completely different, too. So something that might have killed in dress may not land during air because we have different people. No, but
0: I thought that joke worked, but I could feel it was like a hesitancy. Yeah. You know, sometimes you feel like a joke just didn't work. And another time you feel like people are unsure.
1: Yeah. They're just like, can I laugh? can I laugh at this
0: bowling ball? Looks like a black guy's head. (laughs) You know, like, is that is that okay?
1: Yeah. Where I felt a lot of that for the inward piece that I did for. Update. Oh,
0: totally! Yeah, I watched that too. Yeah, the, yeah. W- re-
1: the uh, there was like I mean, all I saw was like a sea of white people, and then two black girls dying <laughs> in front of me, and those are who I pointed out. I was like, "Thank God you guys are here! You are giving me life!" <laughs> oh yeah,
0: that's yeah. I didn't know what I didn't know what you were referring to at yeah, that time. Yeah, I was yeah. referring
1: to the two black girls <laughs> in front of me because everyone else is kind of like, <laughs> like, yeah. can I laugh at this? How do I feel about this? I mean, also it's like so hard to. i I talk about the n-word in my act but usually i have like 10 minutes to lead up to it or like i have like at least some time to for the audience to get to know me as a person for them to be like on board enough to be like yeah i'll listen to this but this is Mm -hmm. like here i'm gonna talk about the n-word for three minutes and nothing else (laughs) and i hope you understand what i'm saying i was
0: surprised there was a controversy about larry Wilmore saying that i honestly was too i saw it and i didn't think anything of it and al sharpton went for the Went for the, I, sometimes I think he just goes for the publicity, Al Sharpton anyway, but like he turned it into like a thing. People tried to turn it into a thing. I didn't think it was a thing.
1: I didn't think it was a thing either. I was watching it in a room full of black women, which I don't think is the usual way to watch the <laughs> White, White House Correspondents' Dinner. And I was, we were all just like shrieking and clapping and like running around like, yes, yes, yes. We, like it felt like this delivery was for us. It was definitely wasn't for the people In the crowd there because they were uncomfortable. They're uncomfortable, and it's about them. So like, of course, they're gonna feel uptight about it. But it's for the people at home and for Black people. We, I felt like, oh, thank God, he's saying some of these things. And then, yeah, to see all the backlash, I was like, what? That's so. I was so surprised. Also, like, I mean, the N word isn't like one of the FCC words that you're not supposed to say. Which is that right? Yeah, because I asked. I was like, am I allowed to say the N word on air? And they're like, you're allowed to. It's really. Choice. It's really if you want to say it. Um, so yeah, he was allowed to say it, and like it was, it felt like a personal moment from one black man to another black man. I thought it was. I I, I don't think Obama him.
0: gave a shit either. Not that I. He speak was on behalf of Obama, you know, the president of United oh, States. Oh yeah, he's
1: on like see, he's, he has senioritis right now. He's like, whatever, man. <laughs> I'm out of here. Um, but yeah, I it's I f- thought it was like you know just a cool moment, but then people wanted to. Get upset because that's the well. Easy that's what way. they do. That's what I mean, they that do. that is what they do. People it's get upset and then they write about it. and They expect other people to get upset and yeah, it's all for clicks.
0: Yeah, or if, or for the news networks to have something to talk about for ages.
1: Yeah, as if there's nothing else to talk about.
0: So, do you ever get disappointed by say other black comedians that maybe rely on the stereotype in a negative way or don't do enough to you know? take on the issues or do you feel like it's not a responsibility? People talk about whatever they want.
1: Yeah. People can talk about whatever they want. It's not my business. I talk about whatever I want and that makes me happy. And then I, I enjoy other comedians who do the same thing. Like the comedians that like excite me the most are the ones who are truthful. And that can mean multiple things. Like if truth truthful about their life in particular or about society or whatever, um, so I guess if there is a person who is just like relying on stereotypes or like tropes, then that then they're probably not being truthful. Yeah. So that's that's something I wouldn't enjoy. Well, I don't you're, care what you're. you're so- you don't talking enjoy about.
0: it because it's lazy comedy, or you're actually like, yo, come on.
1: It's like it, gets, it gets, feels lazy, and it's like I know you can do better. Yeah. Like or or maybe you can't, and then that's something else you gotta work on. But it's not my business and i don't i you know i don't want to judge anybody and be like oh this person doesn't do this but you know whatever works if it works for you then keep doing that but i'm gonna do what i want to do
0: yeah yeah i mean i've always I don't know, I've always had a sort of a inclination towards enjoying black comics even though i don't know why you have to say like oh particularly like black comics but i've always liked the energy mm-hmm. and i definitely like the energy of a of like a black crowd yeah I mean, I I, I don't think that's a racial stereotype, right?
1: No, no, you're right. Black crowds are definitely different. They're like... You can feel the love. Yeah, I love it. And you can feel the hate. (laughs) I mean, I've seen comedians do jokes
0: about black crowds, too. But, I mean, I think it's a real thing.
1: Well, you know what? I think they're just more expressive. Yes, yeah. And that's what you you want. I mean, I don't know if
0: that's a class thing sometimes. I don't know. know. Well, like, I just... In the sense that, like, it's harder to be socially mobile when you're black in America, which I I, I get. There's Mm -hmm. There's a lot of shit working against you. So, I guess there's a greater chance that they might be like working class and working class. People are just less
1: aware of it. Yeah. They're not, yeah, as like buttoned I up. even find that in Ireland,
0: you know, completely yeah. n- nothing to do with race for a moment. Like I just find that like working class crowds are just b- a bit more like up for it. Yeah, but yeah, Yes. Yeah. On the flip side. Then when they don't like you, they fucking let you know they don't like you. Yeah. Like you were, I think you were saying a minute ago, right? That yeah. it can be tough too.
1: Oh, for sure. And that's like ideal i yeah. want i, mean, I want to know not a class
0: thing. i don't know maybe it's a cultural I, thing. maybe I it know. is
1: because i've done the shows in the south where um it's been like a predominantly white crowd but you could i can feel more energy from them because they're like yeah whatever man yeah. like i i know what you're saying like i've done like my same jokes about race in the south and been like i don't know how it's gonna go and they're like yeah we see this shit every day we yeah. totally know what you're talking about <laughs> yep <laughs> but if i go to like i've gone to like places on the west coast where it's like a little more hip and and up and upper class, and people are like more hush, and they're just like, "Oh, we can't talk about that kind of energy." Yeah.
0: Well, people warned me. They said if you ever go to the West Coast, you have to be careful with the Chinese stuff because they'll get real sensitive about it.
1: Oh, interesting. Well, I don't have any Chinese stuff, so I won't. No, I know, but I just
0: in the sense that I, the, apparently you. the West Coast is sort of ground zero for sensitivity.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, I haven't had the experience really. I haven't performed there ever.
1: Really. No. Oh, wow. Yeah. Not yet. It's so funny that you like go all the way to China <laughs> to perform, <laughs> but you haven't gone to the West Coast. I haven't gone to San
0: Francisco. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was different. The China thing was for like a, like a TV show. Yeah. So, well, I mean, that's I mean, I really, I, I do, you, uh, do you have any preconceived notions about Ireland?
1: I don't. I don't know what to expect. Um, well, you're so
0: busy, right? Like sometimes it happens that way, right? In your life. You're so fucking busy, you probably haven't even had time to think about it.
1: I th- it's true, actually. Yeah, I've been like in Utah shooting a movie and bouncing around here and there for family stuff. So yeah, I really haven't. I'm just gonna go and see what happens.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty cool because it's like one of the best places in the world to play. Yeah. Like the crowds are up for it. Oh, great! I'm very. If excited. you could compare that, you could compare them to a black crowd. They, <laughs> they really, they really give it loads. Yeah. But they, re- well, they actually do, though. It's actually true. Like they're 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 some of the more giving audiences that you will ever experience and, and obviously I've performed in many places in the world from my own experience but you'll find a lot of comics will also say that when they come to Ireland
1: mm-hmm. well that's great I'm excited
0: well I hope you enjoy your time at the Vodafone Comedy Festival and it was lovely chatting to you
1: lovely and chatting with you too
0: best of luck on all your future endeavors of which it sounds like there are loads
1: loads loads and loads <laughs> well thanks. thank you
0: thank you so thanks everybody for listening this has been the Des Bishop Podcast. Please spread the word as much as possible. We're a new podcast. And we're trying to get the word out there. Uh, once again, the music is from Melty Brains. Uh, check them out. Melty Brains? Online. Uh, you know, check out their SoundCloud. And uh, that's it. We'll see you in Edinburgh. Uh, I got one more chat with Leonard Oots coming up. I'll try to get that out by Friday so that uh, people can get to know Leonard Oots. Uh, But if I'm delayed on getting it out, go see Leonard Outz. Super funny dude. Great guy. Great fun. Brand new comedian in the New York scene, but he is exploding over there. Just got a pilot uh, for MTV. And just everywhere I go, there's another Leonard Outz thing happening. Super funny dude and a great guy. So check check us out on Twitter, at Des Bishop. Instagram, Des Bishop. Snapchat, Des Buffer facebook forward slash des bishop and anywhere else i'll see you in cork if i don't see you in dublin or in edinburgh good day
1: imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time